Well, commodities have been savaged as recession fears take hold. We've seen huge volatility in bonds and interest rates. We've got equities holding in for now, despite the US dollar reigning supreme. Blake and I discuss more of these factors as we go into the trade-off. Well, hi, my name's Chris, Chris Wesson. I'm head of research here at Pepperstone. I'm going to be joined in two seconds by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we are going to be going into some of the biggest formatics that are driving markets, that are barbecue conversations. We're going to go straight into the technicals, into the setups. We're going to look at the price action and the charts that matter in our world and perhaps should be on your radar as well if they're not. Uh, and we're going to dissect and navigate ourselves around all the landmines in this market at the moment. So let's bring Blake into the program. Before I just chat uh, Blake and talk about how things are going, if you do find yourself liking the program, get the like, give the like button a, a, a gentle tap, or you can give it a good smash if you like. Uh, but do leave a comment. Uh, Blake and I will get back to you as soon as we can and uh, you know, get some uh, some conversation going on. So just head into the comments box and, uh, and, and do that where you can as well. Now, Blake, I can see you're rocking a beard. You're looking a bit disheveled, but very sexy. <laughs> I like it indeed. And you know, I hope uh, you. I hope to see more of that. You're, you're looking very suave indeed. You're like the pit bull of Texas, aren't you, mate? The uh, uh, <laughs> of Arizona, but you know, hey, whatever. Uh, it's one of those things where my razor actually broke, and I haven't had a chance to go to the uh, grocery oh, yeah. store to pick up. Well, a my, my my wife hit me up the other day. We got half term here at school holidays, and she said to me the other day, she goes, "Chris, as a present to you, I'm taking the three kids up to Queensland, which is in the north of Australia." Uh, do you want to stay here? And I said, well, is that a question? And I said, yes. So if I'm looking young, radiant and youthful, it's because I've had a week now without three kids, which she gave to me as a present. So uh, I think we're in different sides of the camp. You're looking like Pitbull, the rock star, and I'm I'm feeling young and youthful at the moment. <laughs> That's a hell of a holiday there, Chris. I, 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 as a parent, I can truly appreciate what your wife it's is amazing. doing for you. It's amazing. Some of the best <laughs> sleep I've ever had. Anyway, anyway it's allowed me to, 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 you know, to get back into markets again. And let's talk about some of the same stuff that we're seeing. Let's go into Topical Thunder. Well, you know, I might be sleeping like a baby at the moment, Blake, but one of the things that is keeping us awake is this idea of a global recession. Um, well, I say keeping us awake, it's, it's not, but uh, you know, certainly the markets are seeing seeing signs that we are going to see for more economic prolonged um, uh, you know, situations going forward. How do I see this? You know, we've seen the two tens curve going inverted now, about negative five basis points. Obviously, copper's been getting, or we're down about 25% in this run that we've been seeing. Um, you know, you can go into the rates market. This is a chart that I brought up last week. You go into the euro dollar futures. And see about just just under seventy basis points of, of of rate cuts being priced for next year. So the market is expecting a pivot to happen. Certainly, commodities, which we'll talk about in a second, have been getting destroyed. That's been your your your, your primary objective. And people have been hedging themselves against uh, further downdraft by being long the U.S. dollar and also um, also by uh, being long the Japanese yen, which is looking pretty tasty at the moment as well. So, you know, I, I think we're not going to get any kind of confirmation that the, the US and other places are in, in, in recession until the NBAR um, actually say that. And that might not be until next year if it, if it happens at all. But yeah, obviously the big, big, big talk of the town is, is this word recession. So, you know, how are you seeing this and how are you actually trading that key formatic at the moment, Blake? Well, first and foremost, Chris, I want to uh, I want to pat you on the back. Can you turn just a little? I'm just going to pat you on the back there. Good job on the, uh, the, the bringing up the recession Talks yesterday or <laughs> yesterday, last week, we talked about technical or prolonged. We had a deep discussion about this, and it, it seems like the recession trade has been on 
all of this last week. We've seen yeah, right. commodities really under pressure. Dollar's been ripping, uh, as you've pointed out. You know, even gold's fallen, which we, we talked about, you know, no country for old gold men yeah, last it week. So, it was a beautiful thing, man. It was a beautiful thing. It was. I mean, we, we it is a beautiful thing. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to pose a question here in a bit. You know, has the market gone too far regarding certain certain things? But, you know, this is this recession trade has been on, and now we're seeing, you know, Europe really uh, come under pressure. We're yeah. seeing the euro come under pressure because, you know, a lot of people are asking, can the ECB match what the Fed has done and mm. even come close or even get off the ground? And and that's why the euro has succumbed to some some massive dollar strength as of late. So, yeah, Chris, this problem, recession the, trade, it's, the I don't know, if, Europe, I don't know if it's it's too early yet. But the go problem, ahead. The, the problem of Europe is that all these other commodities are getting, you know, hit. Certainly, industrial metals are getting smacked. Gold's getting hit. But yeah, Europe's facing this other dynamic, right? Which is is, is that European gas prices, that gas prices are flying. They're up a hundred percent over the last 16, 17 days. Whereas you know, yeah. oil prices, crude prices, U.S. nat gas prices, they're going down. Industrial metals are getting absolutely slammed. European nat gas prices are actually going up. It's going to be a dark winter in Europe. It's going to be a really ugly winter. And, and you know, the ECB needs to juggle spread widening in between peripheral bonds. They've got a, you know, a high inflation problem and they've got a fast slowing growth problem. You wouldn't want to be the ECB. That's the place you need to be looking um, for a recession. It's going to happen this year, in my opinion. It's a matter of you know, how bad it's going to be. Right. And, and obviously that's being priced into uh, commodities, which would be our next topic that yeah. we're going to talk about is the commodities market. I mean, we've seen uh, the absolute destruction of copper, wheat, uh, crude, um, I mean, you, you name it, gold, even silver getting crushed. We've seen commodities across the board just getting smashed. And I, I guess the question I have to ask, Chris, is it's been such a swift move. As you pointed mm -hmm. out with copper, it's like a, you know, top to bottom over the last month and a half, we've seen, you know, 28%, 25% sell-off in, in copper. Mm. I mean, is that justified? What What do you think? I mean, because I, I, I mean, a lot of people are arguing that we are in a recession right now. Mm. Um, but, but frankly, there's still a few things that need to happen in order for us to, to signal we're in a, in a recession. And I, I know the Fed's probably going to end up putting us there, but we still have our jobs report coming up here this, at the end of this week. And, uh, you know, uh, your earnings are still kind of, uh, you know, well, earnings expectations haven't come down. So going back to commodities, is this move overdone? Is it over yet? Can I get out from underneath my desk? What do you think? Uh, well, uh, I mean, if you're under your desk for, to sleep, I'll stay under there, mate, to be honest. Sleep's a good thing. But um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, if we've priced in a lot, copper's been hit pretty hard, iron ore, uh, doing bits and pieces. A lot of the industrial metals have just been your first derivative of, of trading the recession and the global slowdown. And the Fed have told you that they're, they're fine with, with, with creating a, a, a modest um, recession if it means bringing down and putting, like you say, putting the inflation genie back in the bottle. I think we've gone a long long way. I think we'll probably get a bit of upside in, in the short-term industrial metals. But there's, there's, there's one thing that really springs to mind right now. It is the US dollar. The US dollar is a little wrecking ball that's just going around the commodities complex and just smacking things to pieces. And um, yeah, the one thing that we are watching very closely is obviously the oil market. Um, and JP Morgan put out a really interesting piece yesterday, and it's not their base case that we get oil going, Brent prices going up to $190, but there's this, this talk out there that's been going around for a while now that we could see uh, the yeah, the US and other allies capping uh, Russian oil at yeah, $40 to $60. And in retaliation, President or well, ex-President Medvedev has said that they potentially could cut 
Russian could cut oil by 3 million barrels a day, in which case they, you could see Brent prices going up to $190 in retaliation there. That's something that it's not everyone's base case, but that could send markets, if it was to happen, into a tailspin. So I think that's a tail risk for markets. Um, but apart from that situation right now, yeah, I mean, certainly industrial metals have done a lot. Give me, give me the direction of the dollar and I'll tell you where a lot of this is going to go. We need a weaker dollar for, the, for, for things like gold to go up, for silver to go up, for copper to go up. So, yeah, I think it's, it's that, that global wrecking ball that's the dollar, which is the, that's the commonality here, right? Well, I can guarantee that we will be discussing the dollar Absolutely. at length here in just a few minutes anyway. So make sure you all stick around. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I'll tell you what, you could, there's uh, the purchasing power of the average American. If you, uh, I mean, I know not a, not a lot of you actually leave, leave your, you know, your home state, but when you do decide to go abroad, you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be picking up some pieces. And one of the places that might be looking quite attractive right now is the UK. And I want to touch on what we've been seeing from a political perspective, because uh, I know you've got a couple of interesting facts. You've been doing your homework. You probably know where the UK is on the map now. Um, but you've, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Boris Johnson's in all sorts of strife at the moment, isn't he? I mean, his cabinet's walked out. I think we've seen 38 or 40 members of of the Conservative Party going out. It's you know next week we're going to see the 1922 committee coming out. Um, and they will change the rule to, to allow a, a second no-confidence vote. You're not allowed, you have to have a 12-month 12, 12 period between the two. There will be another uh, uh, no-confidence vote. There's a pretty good chance he's going to lose that one. And then we're going to see a leadership battle um, uh, where, you know, I think there's, there's a number of big candidates coming through. Um, Penny Mordaunt's probably the, the favourite at the moment. But, you know, I'll be looking at Sunak and, and, and Javid as well as, as potential candidates there. You know, Javid's probably paying, um, you know, $8 or so. So he's probably a, a decent outside bet. But it's an interesting one. The interesting one for me is, is the pound is, is expressing no political premium whatsoever. It's trading as a risk currency. I think part of that's down to the fact that the that market's not sensing any kind of impending general election. It's not going to happen. There's just no reason for it to happen. So what are you seeing? I mean, how are you trading the pound? Are you, are you being influenced by these, these politi political issues that are coming through? Well, I, I am in the fact that I'm not even touching it. And um, as you pointed out, you know, it's, it's, it's only a matter of time. But it's interesting to see Boris Johnson and how defiant he is in this situation. Uh, I think anybody else, uh, any other, any other leader in his, his his shoes would have bowed out. Well, hang on. Um, so what was the uh, what was the uh, what was the classic Neil Young saying in one of his songs? It's better to burn out than fade away. And I think that's he wants to go yeah. down in flames, right? <laughs> I, I think he does, like his hair or the looks of his hair. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, 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 sorry, I had to throw that one out there. I guess. Yeah. Um, but the thing about Boris Johnson is, I I don't know how to read him, and I don't know how to read the sterling at these levels. I have. Colleagues that are in the UK that said, hey, Blake, I wouldn't buy the sterling with your money. And, you know, all the rats are left the building and you got 42 uh, MPs that have left just today that have resigned yeah. um, or yesterday. Anyway, the, the way that you have to look at it, in my opinion, is the sterling is going to be under pressure from political uncertainty. And as you pointed out, there are certain people that might come in to challenge uh, him in leadership and I think you want to buy the sterling after some change of leadership, not before then, because before then, 
you know, we have uncertainty and I think the market likes certainty. So once we figure out yeah. who's going to replace Boris Johnson, I actually probably will buy the sterling for a bounce, if anything. Well, I, I, at the moment for me, it's trading like a risk currency. But what, the one thing that yeah. could see the pound outperform against like the euro and against some of the crosses and take the dollar out of the equation is that we could be looking um, for some fiscal stimulus to play through. Probably not until September, but the market's going to front run that. And there could be some tax relief coming through, which would actually, in theory, lower inflation. But there's a good chance that um, you know, the candidates that are coming in, that we may be looking at a, a VAT tax coming into what could be a really pretty tough winter period. And they could give the consumer a bit of relief there. So maybe you get a bit of a bounce from fiscal stimulus. We'll see. That's an interesting one. But I, I, I don't actually think that the political situation is, is a problem. It's more about the risk in, in, in yeah, the dollar, I suppose. Well, I'm glad you brought up that topic because it's a it's a hot topic um, that we needed to discuss. So yeah. uh, let's also talk about another hot topic, which will be Friday's jobs report, Chris. And I think it was last week, I believe, that we talked about how important the data is, and especially when you're talking about a recession. One of the one of the things that's really kept us out of a recession here in the U.S. at least right now, if you're technically looking at it, even though people do feel that we're actually in a recession is our strong jobs market. And the jobs market is, 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 this is where we start talking about how important data is to the market and, and to these releases and how we treat it in regards to um, uh, trading the currency market or the markets in general. I'm in the camp that bad data is actually good data. Bad data meaning Bingo. that data that underperforms. What's that? Bingo. What's I that? Think, yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say, so the perverse situation, if we, the market's looking for 240 on the headline number, I don't know, no insight where it's going to be. Is, you know, get a get a dart and chuck it on a dartboard. We get 100,000 or less. Low low job creation, perversely, obviously we, we, we don't want you know people to be in a bad situation, but perversely, I'll go through the question, before you've even asked me a question, I'm going to ask you a question. If we were to get a, a low reading on jobs, let's say anything below 80,000, which would be well below consensus, does the market celebrate that? I think the market does. I, I, I believe we are in the exact opposite, 100 degree difference that we were last year at the same time where we were saying, you know, good is bad, bad is good, because people were wondering when, you know, the Fed was going to start, you know, raising rates. Mm. And we kept getting weak jobs. It was, well, it was, it was between weak and strong. And, and, and needless to say, we're in, a, in that situation right now that, Bad data would be good for markets. I think that they cheer the, cheer that. Now, here's the real question, Chris. Do you think this is the month that the jobs data starts to weaken? Because I don't, no, actually. No. Well, we've seen a little bit of a rise in, in weekly jobless claims, but I don't think that's going to be the case. But I think, yeah, if you're... You know, like I think you've got to obviously keep an eye on, on yields and keep cars on two, two and five year treasuries. That's where the dollar's going to key off. So I think if we get a, a, a low level of job creation, say you know, below a hundred thousand, we were to see, depending on what the participation rate does, if we were to see the unemployment rate tick up to say three point seven. Yeah, perhaps even 3.8, the market's expecting 3.6. And if hourly earnings were to come down, you know, to, to, to be below 5%, then, you know, you're going to see yields lower, sharply lower. And I think the dollar comes down with it. Dollar-yen would be a pure play there. And and the Nasdaq would would, would, rally, would rally pretty hard on the back of that. We're already seeing some tailwinds to the Nasdaq. So being long the Nasdaq, being probably find a better, better feeling gold on the back of that there. So, yeah, I think, you know, you don't want a disaster number because then I think markets go, oh, you know, the job limit labor. But I don't think we're going to get that. So I think a low number, obviously, we've see what happens with with, with average uh, average hourly earnings and, and, and that point, you know, that could set off. Um, yeah, if they were low, then the dollar falls and, and, and risk 
risk assets like equities rally on the back of that one. So, yeah, it's an interesting playbook. So, we'll, yeah, we'll have to see what happens there. You can devise a story either way. Uh, but let's go into some of the charts that are catching our mind. Let's go into that's a setup. Right, Blake, Blake Gold. It's the talk of the town at the moment from clients. Everyone's trading this one. This is probably the biggest, heavy, heaviest flow that we're seeing at the moment. And uh, you know, the book now is, or certainly client positioning, net net client exposure is is long gold. They are now expecting uh, a turn. Maybe that that sort of comes with the idea that perhaps the dollar's seen its days, and maybe we see a bit of mean reversion playing through in in, in the U.S. dollar on the back of that one now. Uh, but everything for me in terms of my sort of. It's not discrete. It's not uh, automated, but in terms of the systematic approach that we, in terms of having a rules-based system, it, for me now, it's, it's it. it I, I still feel that we probably go into that seventeen twenty area. You can see that black line down the bottom. The risks yeah. are we go down into those levels. You can see the sort of the blue histogram I've got is just the rate of change. So as a momentum trader, you know, you're looking for that vector effectively, which is saying, yeah, that it's it's not just the the the, the extent of the movement, but it needs a direction as well. So you've got those two variables. And right now, that's saying that the, the the probability is we go down into those levels. Now we might be a little bit oversold, um, but yeah, rallies are probably uh, are probably to be sold in this environment uh, unless something drastically changes. So if we rally, we rally because of positioning and 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 dollar being overloved. Um, but yeah, right now this chart is, is is really getting so much attention. So how are you trading this one? Well, you know, I'm glad that you brought this one up. And one of the common themes that you're going to hear moving forward through my charts is the 161% golden fib level. Uh, we're testing it here at uh, 1730 uh, today. So we we went as low as that in North American trade. We got into the 1730s. Um, if you take the, uh, the mid-May low to that most recent high, just above the 200-day moving average, um, it takes us down to, like I said, 1730s. Uh, will we make it down to the 1720 level? Well, that's an 88% retracement of this entire last big move from July of last year up until uh, the highs that we recently made. So I think the 1720, 1730 level will offer some near-term support. But I agree with you, Chris. You got to sell any move back to 1800. You got to yeah. sell rallies here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the right. I think that's the right. But that is a, that, that is a, that's a nasty looking chart, isn't it? It's pretty ugly. <laughs> it is ugly. Well, well, let's talk about the Euro Aussie. And uh, and the Euro Aussie is one of those currencies that I say, you're a row. You, you ever remember uh, Raggy from uh The fact from that you're Scooby having Doom? to explain it to us is probably... It is. I know I had to explain it because that's why it's a row, Raggy. Yeah. Anyway, the Euro obviously broke some pretty key levels on the Euro US dollar below the 103.40 level. We, we went down to multi-year lows. And as a result, the Euro's come under pressure against a lot of... Uh, Currencies. Yeah, right. Now, uh, yeah, and, and and the Euro Aussie is one of them. I believe that the Aussie is near longer term support. It's at a fifty percent retracement of the COVID moves. Mm. Uh, if you if you're you're a frequent guest here on the trade off, you know I've been a Aussie bull down at these levels. I do like it. I've bought it before at seventy cents. I, I bought it now below seventy cents. I do like the Aussie in, in, as a whole, but I think the it will it's going to outperform the euro. So I think as the euro continues to be pressured, the Aussie is going to get a little relief rally, and that's going to send that euro Aussie a little bit lower out of that we call it a wedge, and that's yeah. coming out of the wedge. If we break below, I believe it's one forty nine thirty on that chart. So what do you think about this chart, Chris? 
I wanted to see the uh, Euro CAD. My preference is actually to be short Euro CAD at these these current levels, and Euro Swiss is one I like as well. Euro Dollar. Everyone's just saying what we are. 180 pips away from parity at the moment. When do we get there? No one likes the euro. The euro right now is the if you've got a a, fairly, a very shabby looking neighbourhood, it is the ugliest house on that one right now. And no one wants to be in in euros. There's no reason to be there. I mean, the Aussies. The problem with being an Aussie is it's so correlated to you know the copper price at the moment. The the you know, the correlation between the two is at 90 percent if you look at a one month rolling correlation. So if we get a bounce in copper. Yeah, I mean, this this breaks that uptrend and it continues going down. Unfortunately, you've got that situation. So, yeah, I I, I just hate the euro. I mean, I've nothing nothing to like about it whatsoever. So, yeah, I would suggest this probably goes down short term as well. Um, All right. So, anyway, let's have a look at let's have a look at crude because it's getting a lot of attention from clients at the moment. It's getting a lot of attention from the street. We talked about this crazy scenario that, that could happen if we if the US were to um, to cap Russian oil at forty to sixty bucks and 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 the Russians retaliate. Obviously, that affect Brent price. But spot crude would go up, US crude would go up as well. Uh, the question is here, Blake, you know, we've broken the uptrend. You know, we saw that big, 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 big move yesterday. Oh, it was ferocious, wasn't it? We saw 11, 12% high to low. Um, and obviously, huge. huge, huge moves coming through. The question is, is can we get down into the blue horizontal level, which is basically the uh, the, the March April lows, down into sort of ninety four bucks, ninety two dollars is the level that we were pre Ukraine crisis and the invasion there. Um, it does feel like this is heavy, like it goes into 94. That's where I'd be looking for this to go over the next, you know, by this time next week. But certainly there's a lot of risks around what we're talking about there with Russia. So where, where do you see this going? Well, you know, you know, I actually see the 200-day moving average at the $93 level, which coincides with that horizontal support that you've got there on that blue line. Mm. And I think those are levels that are going to be tested. And like I said last week, I'm not a great crude trader. But I can call it pretty well. So it's it's uh, it, and it broke down as we had anticipated. And crude, I think, is going to test that horizontal support. But you ha- you pointed it out, Chris. There is a lot of headline risk, and uh, you know, with what might happen with Russia and, and output there, could really throw a monkey wrench in any trade that you do. So, however mm. you approach crude at this point, I think you have to do it carefully and make sure you don't let that trade get away from you. Yeah. If you're, I don't care what side of the trade you're on, just make sure you keep your stops manageable and tight. The issue here so, is, is, is that when you're looking at the supply demand issue, the supply issue is is very bullish for crude, right? You know, they, OPEC can't even meet their quotas. You know, the curve's been in huge backwardation, incentivizing people to be long. Um, but what we're seeing is the demand element is obviously falling away. You know, this is part of the recession trade. You go and short copper, and that's been a really clear one. That's been the where the, the CTAs, the trend followers, have been all over. But it's the demand side of this is is holding it down. If the supply one could be could be changed, you could see a much sharper move down. The thing is, is that OPEC and other nations can't increase supply. Otherwise, we'd be seeing it, yeah, below eighty bucks at the moment. But uh, you know, it's an interesting one. I, I think probability. You know, is is that we get to ninety four selling rallies continues to be the way to go here. Well, I, I I agree I agree with you, Chris, wholeheartedly. So let's see if we can see that two hundred day moving average down there in the low nineties. Uh, the next chart I wanted to bring up is the dollar index, and I the first comment that I got from one of our producers was, "Oh boy, that's a lot of lines." That's a lot of lines. <laughs> <laughs> but what I think here is, I think confluence, Chris. And confluence of the golden Fibonacci ratio, the 161% extension, if you take that last big down move, well, let's just call it the first one that we saw from May, uh, mid-May down to the beginning of June, then you take the next move lower, 
that that next little, you know, the le- next dip, which was actually the mid-June to the low that we saw just a couple of weeks back, if you take the 161% extension of both moves, that both that comes out right at the 107.35 level confluence. We got really close today. And my assumption is in European trade, while some of you are watching this show, we're going to be testing that area. And I'm going to be looking for a reaction from there. Relative strength is divergent. I've been looking for a place to really sell dollars. I, I have already been selling dollars for the last couple of weeks. I actually got stopped out on a couple of bad trades with the dollar regarding the euro would be predominantly one of them. Mm. But I'm still looking to, for a longer term top to develop. And I'm wondering if this is going to be it. So I'm looking at this area right around 107.30. What do you think about this chart, Chris? Well, it's going up. Okay, it is. simple. Keep things yeah, simple. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see, yeah, I don't see enough divergence, you know, in, 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 you know, the RSI there to, you know, probably take that down a little bit to a nine, maybe nine or seven day RSI. Maybe you see that, but I don't, I don't see enough in there other than um, that it's gone up enough to, to make me, to make me want to go and sell this. To be honest, I mean, from, from a rule based perspective, um, you know, it's not giving me enough at the moment to, to, to give me any kind of conviction. To be sure, fundamentally. Uh, it's still the hedge in your portfolio against um, your equity drawdown. The yen actually is a better trade for me right now. I prefer the yen as my my primary yeah, hedge call because if you see bond yields going down, it validates the stance from the Bank of Japan. So I prefer the yen over the US dollar. But yeah, I'd like to see a bit of selling coming into into the dollar to won't be want to, to go down there at the moment. Um, and yeah, the question is is how far does the dollar pull back? And I think pullbacks are going to be fairly narrow as well. So for me, I, yeah, I don't like selling it at these levels. To be honest, it just it doesn't feel right. It's going up. So anyway, let's go to the play of the day. Let's uh, let's see what's going on in uh, in our world. Right. Well, I'm going back to to the to the play of the day that I had last week, which is uh, Euro Swiss. Um, and we looked at the idea of, of being short. It's working out quite well. I want to continue to be short, to be fair. I mean, as I said, um, I hate everything that, that's going on in Europe right now. Um, it's ground zero. Um, you know, there had been some talk that, that, that Putin may call a ceasefire after he gets Denbass, and that could be good for, you know, the first derivatives such as euro. Um, but we'll have to see about that. I, mean, I don't trust those headlines. I have no insight. It's not an area I have great expertise in. Um, but that's something we are watching. And of course, you know, this has been a very p- mature trend. The way that I'm looking at this now is you can see that orange line, that's the moving average that comes down. That's the eight-day exponential moving average. And I'm just using that as a stop loss at the moment. You can see all rallies are being sold into at the moment. So a daily close above that level, a daily close. So the next candle flips over and I'm out of the position. But I'm holding shorts for now uh, and I'm continuing to trend this one down. You know, if we were to see those moving averages cross over, that would get me out of the trend as well. Um, so I'm just continuing to stay short in this one. I think this one goes lower and I'm just using those 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 moving averages as my guide just to tell me when to get out of the trade at the moment. So I continue to to trade this one from the long side. Chris, no, sorry, 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 short, side short, short, short side, sorry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Can you turn to the side real quick? I'm going to pat you on the back because that's been a oh heck of a great trade. Yeah, Way mate, to we go. Might, we uh, make some bad so... ones as well, right? <laughs> well, you know, we all do. We're traders. That's what happens. But one I'm looking at today, and, th- and this is my play of the day, is going to be Dr. Kappa. Oh, wow. And uh, this is, uh, you notice I put paging Dr. Copper. Did you ever own a pager, Chris? I did, mate, back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> I mean, I, I, they, they, they came out in the, uh, was it in the 90s? And yeah, so I was just. Correct. Just, just, uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I, 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 had, I, I, had one, I had one in the early 90s as well. Now, we're going to page 
the doctor here because as we pointed out on the earlier in the show, Chris, a 28, 25% move lower in this last leg, copper's hitting the 161% extension. Again, this is, again, the, the show is littered with the golden fib levels. They're all testing. And because I think that the copper that copper and other commodities might recover because they went a little bit too far on these mm. recession fears, I think as commodities bounce, we're going to see the dollar pull back a little bit. But uh, I want to see how the copper reacts here because we did get a hammer, pin bar, however you want to look at it. We got a nice reversal candle today. So let's see how it, how it performs tomorrow. I mean, that candle is a really interesting one as well. You need it just to break through that high, but it's told you that we could be at a bit of exhaustion in that selling. The market's unsure about pushing this one lower. So I like that as well. Again, it's going to be the king dollar that drives that one, I think, break. So an interesting one. I want to just put out that, that next week, of course, we've got US earnings season starting. We've got JP Morgan coming out, uh, and that could be a volatility driver. You know, you're going to listen to a lot of these companies telling you how you know things are actually going on. We're going to be listening out for supply chains. We're going to be looking for, you know, is there any kind of, um, you know, any kind of easing of, of supply chain issues coming through? What's their view on the dollar? What's going on with China? There's a whole factor that we're looking at. So keep your eyes on that. We didn't touch on that today, but I think that's something to, to that could drive global markets as well. Anyway, that's all from Blake and I. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Do hit the like button if you stayed on to watch it. Leave a comment and we'll see you back next week for more where we've got a special guest on there as well, which I think is going to be really interesting to, to hear his, some of his thoughts as well. So we explore more of that later on. Anyway, see you next week.